What's up, everybody? We are here at the Kind of Nice Show. It is, what are we at? Episode 51 now? 51. Yeah, last week was the big, big uh, episode 50. Our, our, not bicentennial. We went over this. Went over this last week. I do not remember. Semi-centennial, I think. Something like that. Yeah, semi-centennial. Anyways, now we're at episode 52 and we have a very special guest. Drum roll. Oh, we are off. We are starting off on the wrong foot. James, uh, James, no, we're starting off with the right foot because we got the runner, James Wyatt, with us. Oh, Guys, yeah. James. The runner. That's Welcome yeah. back. Thanks, so, man. Appreciate it. Runner. Yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah. I do. It's all I do. Just run. Yeah. 24 7. You've been on probably like half a dozen podcasts now here at Kind of Nice. Uh, I think this is my third one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just last one was like three episodes ago. Yeah. So. It just wasn't too long ago. Right. Mm. Yeah. So, but I mean, I heard that there were special requests from a lot of you listeners out there for me to come back. So I was like, oh, well, I got to make the people happy. <laughs> give them what right? they want. Yeah. Give the people what they want. Right. Also, Rocky asked me. <laughs> 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 I mean, to be honest, I think we, everybody wants like Grant and Kid back, but yeah, they're still off and doing God what they do. Yeah. Gallivanting, gallivanting is the right word. That's actually that's the word I use a lot. It's prime. Yeah, that's good. That's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, they're always gallivanting, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. living the good life. Mm-hmm. Gosh, well, I guess just before we get anything else going, like, um, be sure to uh, like, subscribe, follow on any and all of the social media platforms. Big shout out to our Patreon members, you guys who are dedicated, loyal, devoted to us, and so grateful, so thankful, and we're setting going to be setting up a a Zoom call soon to to talk to our Patreon members face to face and interact with you guys. So super excited about that. Keep watching, stay in touch because we'll be announcing that on the platforms here in a little bit. Uh, other than that, I mean, James, we got a lot to talk about today. I think the main topic being OCR. Yeah. OCR yeah, Ninja. yeah. The word on the street is you're about to become a OCR superstar, dude. That's what I heard. I mean, dude. that's I mean. Through the grapevine. Not going to lie. I did my very first OCR competition like ever in my entire life yeah. this last weekend in Vegas as part of the the UNAA Ultimate Ninja Athlete Association finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to their world's competition, they had a the introduction of a 3K OCR race. Yeah. So just posted about it. And uh, it's funny. People are like, wow, that was not a 3K. That was a short race. And I was like, no, no, no. I cut out all the running. Yeah. (laughs) He cut all the boring parts. It was, yeah, it was just monotonous. It was just running. Yeah. So we had the the front end, because you run through like a mini obstacle course. Then you run like a mile and a half or a mile and a quarter or something outside in the Vegas heat in a parking lot. So it's just scorching and dry as a bone. And then you run back inside, up a staircase, a couple flights of stairs, Okay. down a hallway, because we're in a stadium, right? Yeah, yeah. Then down a set of bleacher stairs into the, what is it, like the the carries of the... Like farmer carries? Farmer carries, carries. yeah, Yeah, like the back farmer carries round. And then you go to another course, and you go through that course. Okay. But for the 12K, you then had to go up, you know, another few sets of stairs, and it was just, it was was painful. The stairs were the most brutal part of it, easily. The running, I was like, okay, just one, put in, one foot in front of the other. When you got to the stairs, I was like, yeah. I would get to the top, and I would just like stop and like walk for like three to five <laughs> seconds to just be like, you can do this, <laughs> you can do this. And what was really funny was they had a helper that was up there, and she like worked at the stadium, so she was like working a venue or something up there. Yeah. And as soon as I came up the stairs around the corner, I'm like dying, I'm sweating, and this is like the last leg of the race, basically. I get up to the top of the stairs and I look over and she's like, 
you're my favorite ninja. Go, go, go. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. Like, you got to pick it up. Don't right? let it, don't I got to pick it up. <laughs> and what's worse is then you go around a loop, you go back up the stairs again, and you go right by the same chick again. Three times I ran by this chick, and <laughs> it was the most, I guess, the, the best type of encouragement you could have asked for. I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, because the only thing you wanted to do, obviously, was give up, right? Dude, or slow down, it right? Was yeah, slow down. Because I was like, I will finish. Yeah, of I course. I will finish. Right. I might finish slower than I want, but I'm not going to stop running. And the only times that I even slowed was at the the top of the uh, stairs. Yeah. So I ended up finishing the the 3K with like, it was like 12 something, mm -hmm. which was pretty good. It was what I was averaging just, and my average 3K runs. Mm -hmm. Then we went into, they had a head-to-head -head race for the top spot, first and second place. And then I was a part of a four-way 12-minute time period uh, tie for third place. Okay. So you had to run the 3K multiple times then? They shortened it. Praise God. Okay. <laughs> I was like, okay. They were whoa. like, you guys want to run it again? And they're all, of course, all the other guys there were like elite level runners, like tall, skinny, just like runners. Came yeah. in the short shorts and like the spaghetti strap tank tops with like OCR world champion on the front. And I was uh -oh. like, oh, oh yeah. You got some runners. So you had real guys then. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll run it again. And the other guys and myself, I was like, um, um, wait, wait, can we, can we just, can we slash some of the, the running? And they're like, yeah, for the sake of time, we'll cut it in half. Um, and you'll do like, I don't even think we did, we didn't even do like a full mile of running, but it was like both sets of obstacle bays and then, or it was like an obstacle bay and like a two thirds mile and then like another obstacle bay and you were done. Gotcha. But we're like sprinting through these of things. Of course, so yeah. So these, these runners came in at like 430, 440 for their wow. thing. Yeah. And I came in, uh, I beat two of the runners, which was awesome. I came in, I had third place by two seconds for the longest time. Mm -hmm. And then the last guy was like, he just came in and just, I mean, again, he was, I was like, well, what's your background? He's like, oh, track and field. Of course. Cross country. And I was like, yeah. cool, 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 cool. <laughs> so he came in and got me by seven seconds. But all in all, I was like, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. I got bit by the bug and I'm going to, I'm going to start running more and doing these OCR races. Yeah, man. That was the thing. I think when I was like, you know, big into Ninja, the, you know, someone invited me to go do an OCR event and I was like, dude, that's a lot of running. Right. So the, much running. And the first one I did was like eight miles or nine miles. Oh, and I'd shoot, never ran that far dude. before in my life. And it was the exact same situation as like the obstacles, like were a breeze and I was flying through them. But uh, the running was like the bane of my existence. And I was just getting destroyed by all these guys who were runners. So, you know, what I've come to realize, honestly, is the obstacles are the easy part. Yeah. And yeah. the running is the hardest part. And if you can learn how to be a good runner um, or if you are a good runner, then, you know, you're going to be able to be really good. Right. And if you're a good athlete overall, you're going to be able to be really good. But if you can commit to the running portion of it, yeah, you can, you know, you could you can you can make some noise and do some really cool things. So, um, so yeah, so it's, it's fun though. It's a lot of fun, especially doing some of the different ones. So like you said, you're, you're telling me, you're doing the Savage race in a couple yes, of weeks, right? Yep. So I think Savage other than like OCR worlds is one of my favorite races. That's what I'm hearing from those who do like yeah. OCR races yeah. that are, that are more obstacle based like me, like coming from a background mm -hmm. of Ninja. They're like, oh, then savages are favorite because they've got like the most and the hardest obstacles. Well, what it is, is to me, honestly, I think it's the only real obstacle course race. So like Spartan is probably the most popular. Yeah, yeah. But everybody it, knows Spartan. You get one shot to do the obstacle. Okay. And if you fail, you do a bunch of burpees. Oh. Okay. So really it just comes down to who can, who has the best aerobic capacity, you okay. know, who has a good cardio respiratory system, right? Because if you yeah. fall, 
You know, you just do a bunch of burpees. Well, with Savage, you have to finish the obstacle. And okay. if you don't finish the obstacle, you lose your band. Right. Oh. So you can try the obstacle multiple times yeah. until you get it. Yeah. But you have to finish the obstacle if you want to be competitive. Right. Wow. So, you know, I've seen people, you know, that were flying with the running and they got to a particular obstacle and they would fall four or five times. Really? Right. So, you know, there have been races where, you know, there were guys that, you know, you know, I was competitive with in Spartan but I would destroy them on Savage because the obstacles are much more challenging. Yeah, and, and you have a foundation of right. obstacles. So the obstacles are the thing that I'm good at, right? So it really, I feel it levels the playing field and it yeah. makes it a real obstacle course race, not just a who has the biggest aerobic engine type mm-hmm. situation, right? And Spartans, they have some harder obstacles, but yeah. um, for the most part, I think anybody can go on to Spartan and you know, within a couple of races, you should be able to finish all the obstacles, I feel wow. like, right? If you have a good, good, you know, athletic ability and you know you're a good runner for sure so you're saying there's a chance for sure yeah definitely <laughs> so but the probably the toughest thing will be maybe for you would be the distance because it is Dude. a 10k right so it's six to seven miles uh, where are you doing it at uh up in lansdale pennsylvania area? pennsylvania so elevation yeah. right so i'm betting there's going to be elevation Level so you're 10. complaining about the stairs <laughs> they're probably going to have i bet there's going to be some hill climbs like there's like I would put money on it. That's, that's like the worst runs. part living about Houston. Is yeah, and be a runner. Yeah, it's everything's flat. so flat, right? And yeah. so when they come yeah. to Houston, or they really don't come to Houston that often, but when they come to Texas, mm-hmm. they do everything they can to try to find some elevation and make you climb up and down because that's a big part of a lot of OCR racing is climbing, right? Running. So, really? so that's just something to think about. Something to kind of. I mean, you're two weeks out. Yep. The best thing you can do right now is make sure you're healthy and rested. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get any new fitness for the race mm-hmm. um, and just go and experience it and just do your best. And then yeah. you can learn from it. Yeah. And I mean, I just I just got a pair of like official like outdoor trail running shoes. Actually <laughs> checked out your YouTube channel and was like, what are the top shoes? Because <laughs> I saw you had like a ton of reviews. Yeah. So I got a pair of shoes and actually t- ran in them today for the first time right before coming to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Clocked in a, a 5K. Okay. So did that outdoors. They felt good, obviously a little stiff because they were fresh out of the box. Right. Um, but they felt really good, and I'm I'm really excited because I'll be I'll be running in those the next week leading up to the competition, mm-hmm. and they feel good because the one I just did last week uh, or this last weekend, most of it was indoors. Sure. And so basically even, on concrete, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Indoors was smooth concrete. Okay. So I ran in some ninja shoes and. Perfect for ninja obstacles. Yeah. Perfect for warped wall and all these things where you need traction, like grip. Right. But on smooth concrete, mm-hmm. after running outdoors and getting like all this gravel and dust on my shoes, yeah. man, I was slipping. I don't know. Walking. I don't doubt Bro. it. And then I bet too, because they are more of like the ninja shoe. There's probably not a lot of cushion to them, right? So they're pretty yeah, stiff, right? Much. Pretty firm, mm-hmm. right? So, and I mean, that's kind of one of the big things about all of. You know, a lot of the, you know, you were talking about the shoe reviews that I do, you know, shoe technology has come a long way, especially running shoes. And they put a lot of work into the foams and a lot of work into, you know, the uppers and, you know, giving you energy return and all this other stuff. And the whole point is to save your body. So that at the end of a race, after a hard effort, right, you still have more energy left, right? So mm-hmm. you're not just totally trashed. Exactly, right? So shoes days. do make the difference. They will yeah. make. There are shoes that I wear that I've worn before, and you know, on a workout or a race or what have you, 
and you know I'll wear like a daily trainer or something and I feel completely different after a run like I may feel beat up after a run in a certain pair of shoes I wear and then another pair of shoes I may feel fresh and fine and my legs feel awesome really? yeah so I mean the, the the shoes will definitely like help you especially when you're talking about OCR because you are going to be hitting different types of terrain, right? Yeah. You're, you're probably going to go through some kind of water. Sometimes you need good drainage, right? Which could make the shoe heavier. You could get blisters really easy. And the worst thing you want on a race is three miles in, get like, get a blister, right? Cause I could, so I did the OCR world championships for the first time. Uh, well, the second time I did it actually, um, I was, I was a much better athlete, a much better runner. And I was, I was excited because I was going to go in and I was going to show them what's up. Right. So it was probably one of the first races, like usually what I would do when I went to a race is I would get into the bay and I just kind of like getting just somewhere in the middle or toward the back mm-hmm. because I didn't want to like lead the pack. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> I wanted, a guy to, with the bullseye on I wanted to pass people. Right. Yeah. But the downside about that, and this is something, you know, just some advice for you. The downside about that Please. is you get behind people. And a lot of times you'll get into single track where you can't really pass very well. And okay. people may be walking because some people get up front that shouldn't be up front. Right. And so they can slow you down quite a bit. Right. So I determined in my mind that this is going to be the first race I was going to start on the front line. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was just going to run my race and I get stuck behind people and I was going to I was going to go all out. And the very first part of the race this year was basically the first two miles was like straight up a mountain. And it was like. 2000 feet of elevation and i'm not talking like where you go up a little bit and turn you go up a little bit and turn no it was like literally straight to the top right and i remember getting to a mile and i was like dude where at this was in vermont oh yeah so i remember getting to a mile and i was like dude i cannot believe they're gonna make us run a mile up this mountain and then we got to a mile and it just still kept going up (laughs) i was like this is ridiculous and so we got to the top and i think i was like in fourth place so i was still doing really well right and i was like oh i got this and so we start going downhill and so basically you went up two miles Mm -hmm. and they took you straight down for two miles and that was that was nerve-wracking like people are flying down this mountain i'm talking like just i was running what i thought was fast and they were just reckless abandonment and i was worried about like with the breaking wind. my ankle or i mean there's yeah. huge boulders and rocks and i ended up about halfway down getting a blister on my heel because uh, i tried out a new pair of shoes a new pair of socks that i hadn't trained in before like up high on the hill like like a huge blister like about that big oh, and more than a quarter size, size oh. on the bottom of my heel from because as you're running down a lot of times like the brake you're hitting the brakes yeah, yeah yeah and so it's just rubbing and rubbing because i didn't know how to run downhill either right yeah. um and I mean, how often do we do that exactly here in houston <laughs> never right never so not for very long anyway right and so about halfway down these blisters just took over and i went from like fourth place to like 40th place oh. And it was the longest, like, four miles of my life after that, right? The oh. obstacles were easy. Like, I mean, and they have the OCR Worlds, man. That would be a good, I think that That's would be a good challenge for at. you to go to. Yep. Because in the 15K, which is nine miles, basically, oh. they had over 40 obstacles. And they were, like, like a lot of rigs, a lot of upper body obstacles, oh, very yeah. challenging obstacles. And it's the same situation with the band. So oh, where you have to complete it, where you have to complete it. Yeah. Wow. And they, and I don't remember what we did last year, but they will literally cut your band off. Like it's like disrespectful type <laughs> situation. Give me that, man. Like yeah. Look you in the eyes and just shake like, their like head. just basically it's like the shame. Take or something. a thumbs up, slowly tilt it to thumbs down and then clip that. That's band. it. That's Dude. it. That's it. I mean, but you give up, right? So it's not like they force <laughs> you to do it. Right. 
So I saw a lady one time. Get out of here. I saw a lady one time spend about an hour on an obstacle. No. Yeah, because she wanted to finish it so bad because she was almost done with the race. You stood there an hour and watched her? Well, I was waiting on some of the other people, right, to come in. So I was standing at an obstacle. Captain. Right. So I was just waiting for some of my athletes to come in, and she was just struggling and struggling. Finally, I was like, do you want some advice? So I got out there with her and she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. And so she I gave her prayed for her. Well, I gave her a couple tips. God, give her grace. Dude, God, give her strength. This lady was strong. She wasn't. She just didn't know what she was doing. I, I gave her a couple technique. tips and she went through it. Wow. It was crazy. Like she came back later on. She was like, gave me a big hug. She's like, oh my gosh, I finished with my band. I couldn't believe it. You helped me so much. Thank you. And I was like, BC Fitness, uh, mybcfit.com. <laughs> so you invoice real I quick. I do coaching. You know, I can, wherever you're at, doesn't matter. Online, I got you. <laughs> Man, I mean, honestly, like when I when I finished this race, coming behind three like of like actual elite level runners, I had so many people come up to me like, "Wow, Daniel, we had no idea that you were a runner." And I was like, "Oh, well, thanks." They were like, "How long have you been running for?" And I was like, "Well, I mean, like off and on throughout my ninja career, but I mean, never really more than like a three k, and never really consistently." I said, "But with all the travel that Abby and I have been doing lately." Really, the only thing that I can do is like run at a gym on a treadmill or find a trail and run as I'm doing these events or speaking engagements or whatever it is. So I've actually I've spent the last like four or five months like doing a lot of running. Yeah, that's good. And so I'm I'm actually seeing it pay off. Yeah, I'm very yeah, for pleased. Sure. And yeah. honestly, like the level of athlete that I've I've you know attained, it's not very difficult to apply the same set of discipline towards a new you know, um, or the same set of like training discipline towards this new physical discipline of, of running. Oh yeah. And so much of it is just like, like mental, like your body feels okay. It's like, I can keep running, but now it's like, can I, can, can I keep the same pace? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm just tired at this point. I know uh-huh. I can keep moving, but like, how can I, and I think Grant, when he was running training for like a marathon, like a year or two ago, mm-hmm. he was like, one thing that you tell yourself as a runner is just keep putting one foot in front of the other like don't stop like you almost have to get really good at self-talk because otherwise otherwise you're just gonna think like why do i do this why am i choosing to put myself through this like is it worth it when in reality like it is yeah i mean it's there's nothing more rewarding than having that goal especially such a lengthy like uh not only physically demanding but mentally draining and taxing goal like a like an ocr race yeah and then finishing it and being like, yeah, I did that. Yeah. And you know what? That's one of the things that I like, you know, because I've ran a few marathons and half marathons and, you know, some longer events uh, in OCR and stuff too. Um, so, but I think in every event that you do other than Ninja, okay. So Ninja is one of those things. It's so short and it's so like fast, right. That you're not worried, like your body hurts, but it's more like, it's like flash pumps kind of things. Right. And you're just yeah. hoping you can hold on mm-hmm. more than you're worried about how you feel. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you're just going to give out. That you make that strange techie. Right. Move the right way. Right. Mm-hmm. Or you make the right step and you don't slip off, make, do something stupid. Right. Yeah. Whereas like with like, like marathon training or running or OCR events, there's going to be a time in every race that you do where you are going to want to quit. Right. Literally, your brain is going to tell your body you're done with this and you don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) And so you start negotiating with yourself Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, I'll just I'll just slow down right here. Right. Or, you know what? I've done really well so far, so I can just I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. I can coast in. Right. You're going to have a negotiation with yourself. And it's a huge like I think win to learn that, you know what, you can do more. And what your brain is telling you is really not 
not r- true, right? Yeah. And you can push through that, especially if your training showed truth, it. But it's not the truth. The truth is you don't have to stop. But a no. truth is you want to stop, oh, yeah. and it would be really nice to stop. Yeah, but you don't have to. No. So that's the thing, like about training too, right? We talk about it all the time, like putting yourself, getting comfortable being uncomfortable, Ooh, right? So, <laughs> so <laughs> one of the things that you know I really preach a lot is you know the eighty twenty rule, which is eighty percent of your training, mm-hmm. not just running, but training in general, all your mm-hmm. efforts should be fairly easy efforts. Okay. And then 20% of your efforts should be like, like hard, right? So if yeah. we're talking about a scale of one to 10, you know, I would say, you know, four to one on the effort scale is easy. Yeah. Okay. Five to seven is that middle of the road. Mm-hmm. And then eight and above is like hard. Yeah. And most people live their life in that five to seven range all the time, right? And that's kind of your threshold range. That's kind of like those medium gray areas. And so what ends up happening is, is you're always working just a little too hard to like get any aerobic benefit, right? Mm -hmm. And real endurance efforts to really put in long efforts, but you're not working hard enough to develop any kind of real strength and anaerobic capacity, right? So you're always kind of in that gray area. And what, what happens is, is you never like improve, right? You may get a little improvement, you know, over a short period of time, but then you kind of plateau a lot. And then you get bored and you're like, I'm not seeing any gains. And then you, right, this doesn't work, right? (laughs) Yeah. So, whereas if you can do the bulk of your training in that four effort level and below. But that doesn't feel like you're doing much. It doesn't. That's, and that's the thing people struggle with is like, I just worked out, but I don't feel like I worked out, right? Mm. I feel good. I feel fine. And that's exactly how you should feel after every workout, right? Except for the Mm. 20%. Mm -hmm. The 20%, you should feel almost like death warmed over. Like, holy crud, that was really freaking hard, (laughs) right? to vomit my guts. Exactly, right? So if you do, it's simple math, right? So let's say you do, like today you did a run, Mm -hmm. right? Are you going to go to the gym and work out at all today? No, I'm done for the day. You're done for the day. Okay, so that's one effort you did today. Right? Oh, but after the run, then I went to the gym. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay, so, so you've already worked out. Yeah, I'm not doing anything. Okay, so that's two efforts you've done today, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So if you did two efforts like that every day, well, then in a week, that's 14 efforts, right? Yep. And you're probably not doing that. But if you did, that's 14 efforts. Well, if you do the math on that, well, technically, two efforts a week, maybe three. I mean, that'd be pushing it, I think, a little bit. But two to three efforts a week could be hard, mm-hmm. right? But then that means that 10 to 11 should be super duper easy, oh. right? And so what happens is, is that, you know, obviously your body uh, adapts differently and mm-hmm. takes about your body about four to six weeks to adapt to any type of new training stimulus. But what happens is, is the aerobic capacity, your heart gets mm-hmm. much stronger, right? Okay. And the stronger yeah. your heart gets, the better it's, it's, it's able to process oxygen. Mm-hmm. And oxygen is what your body or your blood rather um, carries your muscles to create energy, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you can continue to create more and more or carry more and more oxygen to your muscles, you create more energy. So in other words, you can be just as fast or faster with less effort, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what training easy, plus you limit injury, Yep. right? 100%. And then on top of that, when it's time to go hard, you actually have the energy to push to a place of being really hard, right? Yeah. And so when you get in those hard situations, that's where you spend your time getting comfortable being uncomfortable. And the more you can do those types of workouts once or twice a week, then the more comfortable you get. And then when you get into race environment, you're like, you know what? I've felt this before mm-hmm. and I knew I could keep going and I can do it. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot to be said for, uh, you know, for really creating a good like plan. Mm-hmm. And so I like to think of training as a pyramid. Okay. Right. So the bigger your base, right? Yep. So the larger your base, the higher the peak is, right? So any oh. foundation of a building you're going to build, 
it all starts with the foundation, mm-hmm. right? And it can only the, the 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 building can only be as high or as or as strong as the foundation you build, right? Yeah. And so the foundation starts with the aerobic capacity, flexibility, mobility, just movement, just right? Doing something. Being able to move, mm-hmm. right? And then you build on that all directing toward whatever your goal is, right? Wow. So if you're able to do that, you know, over a period of four to six, eight weeks, what have you, then that's what we call as periodization training. So yeah. you're training for a certain period for a particular event. Mm. Wow. So then let me ask you this. So I've got this race coming up next week. <clears throat> how would you suggest that based on everything that you just said, uh, how would you suggest that I, I – prep this next seven eight days leading up to it so think of so think of your like i like to work in training blocks of four weeks okay okay so for three weeks i build Mm -hmm. right so i I pick whatever it is whether it's new mileage a new style of workout speed work strength whatever Mm -hmm. and i build like usually adding about 10 percent effort every week for three weeks okay and then on the fourth week i kind of back off a little bit and that's my recovery week Okay, so I usually you still train. You I'm still, still training. Run. I still train the same amount of days. It's just so you let's just cool down. The, yeah, so the let's output. simple math. So let's say the first week I run 10 miles. Mm-hmm. The second week I'm going to add 10 percent. So I run 11 miles. Mm-hmm. The third week I add 10 percent. So now I'm going to run 12 miles. Is that every day? No, total for the week. Oh, okay. Yeah, just, just total for the week, right? Week. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. So, and so just that, adding a little bit to each mile. Just adding a little bit each week, right? And mm-hmm. that doesn't mean I'm adding it to every run. Maybe I add a mile here, half or mile add there. one more run. For the whole week. Gotcha. Right? And then on that fourth week, I go back down to 10, mm-hmm. right? So I drop it just a little bit to allow my body to kind of recover a little bit so that fatigue doesn't set in, and then yeah. I plateau. Do you change the speed at which you run? During that last week of recovery? No. So, but re- so remember the 80% rule, right? So the 80, 20. So pretty much most of my runs are done pretty slow, really easy. I'm working on keeping my heart rate down in the aerobic zone or lower, right? So most of my runs are all very, very slow. What's slow for you as an elite level athlete? Well, I don't know if I'm elite <laughs> level, but like maybe 830, eight minutes, 830. Okay. All right. So, and that depending on how the weather outside, right? So if that's it's, true. that's like right now, right? And it's mm-hmm. been hundred degrees outside right really hot humid right so you know some days it may be 9 30 Mm -hmm. maybe 10 minutes if it's really hot or if i'm in the middle of the day or if my body's really tired right so i don't all these different factors yeah so i don't worry about my pace most days i worry about my effort level right Mm -hmm. and so i make sure my effort level is easy and whatever pace i run i run Mm-hmm. Now, one day a week, I have a very specific speed day where I go and do like speed set intervals and I'm running a much faster pace okay. for, you know, whatever the workout is for that week. So like right now on Sundays, we're doing um, a work getting ready for OCR World Championships, right? Nice. And is so that your next one. Yeah. Well, oh. technically, yeah, it really is. So we have another race, but it's not like a it's nothing. We're really it's just like something we're doing for fun. Right. Gotcha. It's like a trail race or something. So but. Uh, there's going to be a lot of elevation, right? So we're doing like, we're climbing bleachers, right? And then we're doing interval sets, right? So right now we're at 800 meter intervals, so about half a mile. And we're doing like, the pace is somewhere around 550 to six minute pace, right? Mm -hmm. So we run our 800 meters at that pace. And then we go and do a bunch of bleachers, right? And then we do like a three minute break. And then we do it again. And we do six sets of those. And we mix in some workouts in there somewhere too, right? So that's how we're starting the block, right? Eventually, before, once we get to closer to the OCR worlds, it'll be more like 1,200 meter repeats, four Ooh. stairs, right? At that same pace, right? Yeah. So that's a really hard workout, right? Yeah. And yeah. you're hurting, right? You're mm-hmm. really hurting. But the goal is, is to keep that pace the whole workout. So that's yeah. the only really time I'm concerned about pace is 
Because you already know you can hit the mileage. Yeah, I'm not now worried about just, that. Yeah, that's not even what you're focused on. You're no. focused on the mentally grueling, pace keeping right. portion of it. Right. Okay. So if you and that's that only comes if you have a good aerobic base. Yeah. Right. So if you have a good aerobic capacity and a good aerobic base, well then then the speed work will help you because then it'll help build that. Com- I feel like speed work really builds confidence more than anything else. Okay. Right. So I mean, yes, it it increases your lactate threshold and your anaerobic capacity and strength. But I think more than anything, it helps you get comfortable being uncomfortable, right? It helps you get to a place where you know, you know what, in my workouts, I was able to do, you know, five miles at a 550 pace and get bleachers done, right? All I'm trying to do right now is run a 730 mile for the next six miles. I can do this, right? Mm -hmm. And I know that I've hurt more than this. Mm -hmm. I've got this, right? And so it's a lot easier to be able to keep putting one foot in front of the other, keep in rhythm, you know, and keep your pace going. Yeah. Wow. Okay, cool. That's really cool. That's really cool. You want to hear something funny too? Sure. Last weekend's comp. After I I get to the starting line, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna track my my run so I can on my watch so I can see my pacing. Yeah. And I can speed up if I need to, slow down if I need to. Maybe I'll throw my headphones in and play some music as I run. I get up there and it's like 10. percent I was like, how is that possible? I thought I charged it yesterday. Anyways, my watch dies oh, as I'm as I'm running. Yeah. So I finished and I was like, wow, that was a great run, Daniel. What was your exact time? <laughs> and I was like, I don't. And I look at my watch and my watch is like dead. Yeah. And I was like, that's a lump. It doesn't count if it's not on the watch. Dude. Yeah, I know yeah. that feeling. I yeah. hate that. I, that I, I, feeling of not being able to actually like like take a screenshot of your your race run and be like, okay, here's what it was in the actual race. Yeah. This is my new benchmark, my new milestone. I've had that Don't before. Have that. Yeah, I had during the marathon. When I ran the marathon. Uh, twenty six point two is a marathon. Mm-hmm. Twenty six point two miles. Yeah, yeah, 26, yeah. yeah. And uh, my watch told me I ran like thirteen, like not even a half. <laughs> Your watch is like nice try. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. But was, I guess it died at the halfway point, huh? It didn't even die. It was just messed up. Oh wow, oh. that's even worse, man. So Garmin, if you're listening, you need to come. You need to fix my watch. You need to figure it out. Garmin's like, you should have done the update, Rocky. Right. <laughs> that's probably what it is. Probably- Maybe you just ran so fast. It can't right? keep up. It's like, dude, there's no way this guy could have ran this. That is probably true. I didn't go. I didn't. I was you went a little fair. too fast. So that is actually a good point, though. So he did do. Uh, so he's done a lot of OCR events. Rocky has yeah. right, and he's been a, he was climbing the ladder, man. He was getting really fast, really good, and then he beat me in a race, yeah. right? And I think that was his ultimate you let goal. Him beat you, James? Well, we were in two different heats. I beat him. I right? beat him. So his time was like just a few seconds faster than mine. Oh. If we had been in the guys, if we had been in the same heat, I don't really know if it would have played out the same, but you know, whatever. I beat the, the the student became a master. He that did. Day. He did. So he figured he didn't. He he had nothing else to learn from me. Yeah. So he was like, "I'm gonna go run this marathon by myself." And that's exactly. <laughs> and backfired. Completely. So he got he gets out there and he he. I was like, "So what's your what's your plan? What's your race plan?" He's like, "Oh, uh, well, I'm gonna go out there. and I'm gonna just run uh, as fast as I can uh, for the first part, and then I'm gonna run even faster on the back half." And I was like, I just started laughing. I was like, "Okay, buddy, good luck." So this dude took off, and what was your first half? It was like a 128 or 129, something like that? Yeah, sub 130 half. Yeah, so that's fast, dude. That's like, you're talking 645, 650 pace for 13 miles. Damn. That is fast, man. Yeah, this dude, he's a runner, dude. Right? Then, then something happened. There was a dog. No, there was no dog. (laughs) There's actually a photo of this guy, and he's running, and they got a picture of him, and I think his hamstring, like, 
fell off or oh, something. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, but his yeah. like face is all squinched up, and he's like, ah, you can see the pain on his face, right? <laughs> they, got, they got the photo. There's a there's yeah. a wall. There's, there's a really good face. There's a wall, and we run a marathon around mile twenty two. Yeah, and he yeah. ran smack dab into it, and that wall yeah. just like put some gloves on and just beat the Not snot out of his up. hamstrings. So, <laughs> so he did the first half in one twenty eight. Well, he did the second half in like. Two plus hours or something like that. Yeah, two hours. Right. So we ended up with like a 324, 23, 25, which yeah. is actually a really good time for a marathon. Okay. But that was what I, that was slower than when I ran my first marathon Ooh. a year before. Yeah, you got to say all that. I right? still beat him in OCR race, right? guys. That was slower than I ran my marathon a year before without all the expertise and training, you know, that uh, he oh, had. Uh, and I mean, what was my time? That same year, was it like 3.15 or something like So like 10 or 11 minutes faster? I don't about, know, whatever. Just a little bit faster. So it wasn't very much faster, but it was just a little bit. And, uh, but this dude's amazing, right? So that's the thing I was going to mention is pacing yourself. Yeah. Learning how not to go out too hot because I guarantee you, you're going to get on that starting line, right? And he can attest to this probably just as well as I can. Everybody feels good on the starting line. Yep. Right. Yeah. And then you've got all the energy, adrenaline. And they, the they try to get you hyped too, right? They're like, you know, oh come on, yeah. This uh, is savage. You're all savages, savages. And, right? And you're, you know, nobody's wearing a shirt, right? And everybody's excited and hype, and we're gonna bleed. Then you take off, and we're gonna sweat. We're gonna cry. Everybody sprints, right? Everybody. Everybody sprints. Everybody sprints coming off. Everybody, Everybody sprints going off the line. You got, and they mix the guys and the girls together too on the elites, okay. right? So you've got ladies out there doing the same thing, right? And you look down at your watch and you're running a five minute mile. Five minute mile. Oh you're right? moving. The first, <laughs> yeah, the first 100, 200 meters. Yeah, you're going. And so, but what you've got to learn is not to fall in that trap mm. because number one, you've got obstacles. Yeah. Number two, you've got six miles of running, yes. right? So much. And fun. number three, Probably about seventy five percent of those people are gonna fall off that pace. Well, yeah, right now, what is like before you go on a ninja course? What's your game? Do you have a game plan before you go out there? Is like a, a pre race game plan to go through your head when I get to this? Oh yeah, I mean on a ninja course again, it's just like a hundred meter dash. It's a quick sprint, yeah. so you have the time to actually visibly look at the entire course and look at okay, I'm gonna take this many steps here. I'm gonna swing. I'm gonna take this many swings here before jumping or lashing to this whatever. So you've got like a a, a game plan. For, like from start to finish. Whereas I remember this last weekend, they walked us through the obstacle portion and then pointed us in the direction <laughs> that the race is going to go running. And they said, there's going to be arrows marking the path. And I'm sitting here in my head like, that's unfamiliar territory to me. Like I can't, I don't even, I'm not going to get a picture of what this looks like until I'm actually outside running this leg of the race. So it was, it was different for me coming from, you know, straight up or strictly ninja. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I know exactly what I'm going to do on the course. I know exactly what I'm going to do on everything that I see with my two eyes. And then during the actual race, I came around the corner to go outside to follow the arrows. And I'm just, I'm, I'm running. I'm just like looking for the arrows, looking for the corners because you're zigzagging through things. And and thankfully, I mean, there were there had great people that would be like, this direction, turn yeah. that way. But at the same time, I'm like essentially running blind. I'm like, right. where's the next turn? When's the next corner coming around? And so that was different for me than anything that I was used to because I'm used to being able to see from start to finish and having a plan. The whole for course. The whole course. So this was different. And even going into these races, 
I mean, I saw that they don't, most of them don't post what the race looks well, like. Well, they dropped the map path. the day before. They usually, usually will give you a map a day or two before. Okay. So it's, you definitely want to familiarize yourself with the map and, okay. and give yourself a concept of, you know, what's where. Right? Every game, you got you to have a game plan all over again. Yep. No one to take your nutrients. Yeah. So you need to know when you're, where are the hydration stations at? Are you going to take nutrition with you? And this is a long enough race. You probably need to take some kind of nutrition with some you. Right? So, cause your body some has about glue? 60 minutes of glycogen stores, which is just energy. Yeah. Right. Well, this race is going to take you if you're fast you're going to be around around an hour 50 minutes to an hour okay if you're not and I'm, when i say fast i mean on the if you're top 10 ish right if you're anywhere from podium to 10 top 10 which is fast you're going to be in that hour range okay. right um if you're over an hour well same situation you're going to be out there long enough to need nutrition mm -hmm. right because you'll hit a wall your your energy levels will drop so um you know the suggestion is anywhere from Every 30 to 45 minutes, you need to take some kind of nutrition in your body, right? Really? So these are things, right, that we that you want to practice in your training. Every right? 30 to 45 minutes while running? Yeah. And so running. you want to know what is your body, what do you like, yeah. what tastes good, you know, what can you handle without making your belly feel all kind of crazy, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. feel bloated, um, get cramps. Yeah, yeah, or... That's my fear. You know, GI issues, you know? Yeah. <laughs> the worst thing you want to have to do is in the middle of the race feel like you got to uh, go see the man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mother nature calling. Exactly. So um, so those are things you all you have to think about. So a race plan is really important, right? Mm -hmm. So developing some sort of, number one, pacing strategy, mm -hmm. making sure you have the equipment and the gear you're going to need for the event, um, and then know have a concept of what the course is because they're not walking you through the course yeah they're not going to tell you how to do so. any of the obstacles right you're yeah. going to have to either now the cool thing is a lot of them they have videos and stuff yeah, on youtube and so you can get on there okay. and get a concept of what the obstacles will be like because they're all pretty similar in each at each like so savage they have like specific uh, uh obstacles now they may not have every obstacle at every race mm -hmm. um because they have a ton of obstacles right so they'll sprinkle different ones in throw new ones on every now and again so it's good. It's a good concept to get an idea of what the obstacles are right so beforehand. Like YouTube Savage Race yep. obstacles. Mm -hmm. okay. And just Game watch on. a bunch of them. Um, so and then familiarize yourself with the map so you know what's to come. Right. So, you know, I try to not memorize it necessarily, but I definitely like just get familiar with it. Right. I want to make sure I know how many obstacles there are. And then some of the major ones yeah, we'll know where they're at. It. Yeah. So, you know, OK, I just hit the Colossus and I know Colossus is a mile from the finish line. It's time to go. Wow. Right. So you give yourself some kind of concept of, you know, as part of your pacing strategy. Mm -hmm. All right. This is the obstacle I know is almost to the finish. And so this is where part of my game plan is this is where I start really pushing myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So wow. um, and that could depend on where you're at in the race as far as your your placing and stuff like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, but. I think one of the best things you can always do is, you know, and this is different than Ninja to an extent, but like run your race, mm. right? Not try to compete so much with everybody else because you don't know where their fitness or their, 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 like their training is, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but you run your race. And then when you get to the end, then you full tilt boogie and try to take souls, right? <laughs> so, you know, because honestly, there are so many times. So I did a race. Uh, we went together and was it Austin or San Antonio? What was the one we did the Spartan race we did this year? San Antonio. The, San Antonio. Mm -hmm. And so it was a really, it was the first time Spartan did this and I really liked it, but it was a six mile race. Okay. But they did three mile loops. Okay. Oh. So you did three miles and they had 25 obstacles, I mm -hmm. think. Within which that three miles? Yeah. 
which is a lot twice? for Spartan. And you had to do it twice. Wow. Right? So we took off. And I think That's I was in like third or fourth place. And the first and second place guys were flying. Right? And I was like, you know what? There's a lot of obstacles. It's a lot of race. I'm just going to stay. I want I'm going to run my pace. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to try to keep contact with them. Right? Yeah. Make sure I can still see them. Right? Mm-hmm. And so while I was running my pace, I could still see them. When we got to the obstacles, we pretty much would get to them. You know, they'd be in the middle of the obstacle. I'd get to it. And we'd finish about the same time. Right? Because I was faster than them on the obstacles. Yeah. And so I just kept contact. And I kept contact. So we got through that first lap. And it was me and two other guys. And me in first place got to what's called the Hercoise, which is like a hundred pound bag or whatever that you kind of on a pulley system pull up to the top. And he got there just before I did, but I finished before him. Right. And so I knew, okay, this is the lap and I could see the finish line and I could see the turnoff to make the lap again. And so I knew, okay, all I got to do is just do that exact same thing again, keep contact with him. And I know that toward the end of the race, all I got to do is just crush the obstacles. Right. Well, by the time we got around to the third obstacle on the second lap, this dude like fell off hard, right? Oof. So he pushed above his capacity and his ability that first lap, too quickly. right? And it might've been because there were so many obstacles, right? Mm-hmm. But he pushed too hard. And so I just moseyed right past him, right? And then I just kept moving and there was a guy behind me, right? And he was kind of staying with me the whole time. And I think about halfway through that third lap, I lost him, right? So, I mean, it was a race until... I think mile four or so. And then I was all alone the rest of the race. Right. So if I had gone out trying to keep that other dude's pace in the beginning or try to get out in front of him, Mm -hmm. I probably would have blown myself up. Right. And I would have used too much energy. It's like such a different strategy. It is. Anything ninja related. It is. And part of it is because of the distance. Yeah. Right. It's the distance. So you have to play to your strengths. Right. And not get so worried about trying to play somebody. Now, once you race enough, you'll get to know some of these guys and you'll race enough with them that then you can st- you'll you'll get a concept of okay I know this guy I know what he likes to do I you kind of learn them and then you can start creating a race strategy against them and when you might need to push a little bit harder or maybe go out a little hotter and see if maybe you can break their will a little earlier what have you right <laughs> so but but yeah I always suggest especially early on in the game go out there and run your race yeah and don't be so worried about trying to go out there and beat everybody because it doesn't matter if you can be in the top three or or, or be first place halfway through the race mm-hmm. if you're 30th place when you cross the finish line yeah right yeah so none of that it's matters not about how you start the race it's how you finish it's how you finish and if you're not first you're last word <laughs> ricky exactly bobby right. ricky bobby right man so then what about like pre-race warm-ups do you have like a routine or a ritual that you do before a race like the morning leading up i yeah. mean this last one i i i jogged lightly for about a mile, mile and a half at the hotel before heading out to the, the place. Yeah. Uh, did some a lot of dynamic stretching as well before then. Then got to the race or the site. Did a lot of dynamic stretching, a lot of movements, short, brief, uh, little sprints right up until about five, ten minutes before actually running. Mm-hmm. And I felt great yeah. when I ran. That's it. I felt, I mean, I hit like my time. I, I did a lot better than I thought that I would. Yeah. And I knew that I would finish the race. Sure. But I didn't think people would come up and be like, wow, Daniel, we didn't know you were a runner too. I was like, oh, this is just icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah, I think that's – so it depends on the distance, right? So yeah. the longer the distance, probably the shorter the warm-up needs to be, right? Because you don't want to uh, expend too much energy yeah. on the longer distances, right? Um, so like something like a 3K or a 5K, you mm-hmm. probably should 
get a good like almost sweat going yeah. right because you want to make sure because you're gonna be moving at a much faster pace so you want to make sure you got plenty of blood flowing throughout all your muscles so you don't get that flash kind of rush of blood and your heart rate spikes mm-hmm. um you know from like a 10k to maybe like a half marathon you know run a half mile do some dynamic stretches maybe some drills um maybe do a little bit of upper body type movements, like whether it's push-ups or pull-ups, just to get a little blood flowing, mm-hmm. right? So that when you Especially get there, Especially if you've got like obstacles. Exactly, right? Um, and then for, you know, say half marathon to a marathon, you probably don't really need to run too much. Probably more just do your dynamic, your kind of yeah, dynamic stretches, sure your drills. And- get yourself, because you're going to you're gonna be out there for a while. Yeah. And uh, your warm-up's going to be the first five, six miles. <laughs> kind of, yeah. I mean, you want to warm up for sure, but you just uh, you, you want to save as much energy as you yeah. can, right? So you've only got a certain capacity. Right, exactly. If you so you waste too much of that on the warm-up, mm-hmm. you're going to go through those storage, the rest of that storage real like a lot sooner than you would want to for that length of a race. Right. what you're saying. So the shorter the distance, the longer the warm-up, mm-hmm. right? And the more, or the more intense the workout, where mm-hmm. I'm up should be, right? Mm-hmm. So for like a 3K, you should like almost do a workout. <laughs> Yeah, right. right? You should yeah. be you should be nice and sweaty and ready to go because you're gonna have to push hard for a very you know short period of time. Yeah. So, but uh, wow. but yeah, man. So I I would say for now, between now and next weekend, mm-hmm. the best thing you can do is make sure your body's rested. Nice. Right. So I'm saying you need to run. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but whatever you usually run, like so, how often are you running right now? <laughs> I mean, I'm like five days in a row right now. Okay. Which I need to probably chill out a little bit on that. Like, and what's the distance? Are they day? all like five k's or what? Yeah, more or less. Last night I ran like eight, and then today it was like four. So was that like? So you're just like I feel like an eight mile run. Yeah. Well, no, I hadn't done a long run. Okay. In like a week. Okay. Because I didn't do one the week leading up to this last one. Okay. So then I was like, well, shoot, I haven't, I haven't done a long run in a while, and I've got a long run coming up. I've got a 10k coming up. Yeah. So I've only got time in my schedule for maybe two more long runs before I need to taper down leading up to a couple of days before the competition. Yeah. So. So it sounds like you and I really need to like talk, like real talk, like a create a plan, right? I would, I'll help you with it. So Thank here's the deal. That's why I brought you on the show. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the deal. Uh, when, you're, when you're creating your training plan, the long run is probably the most important run you do, mm-hmm. okay? Because it's the most specific to whatever event you're going to do. If yeah. we're talking running, obviously, Correct. right? And so you want to make sure you have a day every week that you have designated for that, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, then all the other runs kind of support that. Okay. And there's kind of some rules we follow. Um, and we did a video actually on it, uh, on the run with James YouTube page. That was basically, we call it the golden rules of running. Okay. And Ooh, so it, that. it's basically like talks about the 80, 20 method mm-hmm. talks about like the 10% increase. Uh, it talks about, uh, like your long run shouldn't be more than 20 to 30% of your total weekly volume. Right. So if you're doing an eight mile long run, then that means you should be running like 35 miles a week right and if you're not then here's what can happen okay and here's why what can happen is is when you spend most of your time on that one run right eight miles or so your muscles adapt really quickly okay your heart's a muscle your heart will adapt quickly so your muscles adapt quickly but your tendons your bones your skeletal system they take longer to adapt right so it's like if you get you know if you tear a tendon or something or you tear a ligament usually it takes a long time for that. And it really doesn't heal as much as scar tissue forms and stuff, right? Oh, so, geez. but they they do, they're elastic. They're meant to be stretched, but they take more time. Mm-hmm. And so you want to make sure you're giving those, that, that soft tissue enough time to develop. Same thing with your skeletal system. Mm-hmm. And so if you do the bulk of your running on one run every single week, 
and we're talking 40 to 50% of your total weekly volume, it's really easy to get injured because your body has not adapted, hasn't had the time it needs to adapt to justify that much distance or time on legs, Yeah. right? Yeah. So the main purpose is it isn't that you can't do it. It's just that it will help you limit injury, right? Mm-hmm. And if you can limit injury, that's that's what my whole goal is usually with most of my athletes is consistency. Yeah. Because consistency over an extended period of time is really what brings the best results. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we're living in a world now where everybody's expecting to kind of go Instant out there gratification. and get it immediately. Um, and fitness is one of those things that if you it want, it doesn't work that way. It does not. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Now, yeah, you can get some fitness really quick. Uh-huh. Right. But you can also get injured really quick, yep. <laughs> quick too. Right. Benched real fast. Really, really fast. Right. And it doesn't matter if I do three hard workouts this week, if next week I can't do any because I'm injured, mm-hmm. right? So it's all about how many workouts can I get over an extended period of time, and that's what's going to make me the best athlete I can be, right? Yeah, yeah. So I would say for the next seven days, you know, if you're running five days a week and you're doing three-mile runs, I probably would say you don't need to do another long run. Okay. Because you're not going to get any new fitness between now and next week. It's just mm-hmm. not going to happen, okay? Mm-hmm. So the best thing you can do is be rested and feel good. So yeah. you still run five days a week, mm-hmm. but maybe back off 60%, gotcha. right? So maybe only run, you know, five days with like, say, two miles a day. Or maybe run every other day and let it be three miles, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then that way your body can kind of rest a little bit. So here's what happens. This is a crazy thing. So as, you're, as you increase volume, okay, mm-hmm. your fitness increases, Okay, so as I'm increasing, you know, like weight load or mileage volume, your fitness will go up with that volume. Mm-hmm. Well, while you're doing that, fatigue also rises, yep. right? So eventually fatigue oh, no. will overtake fitness and then you start feeling, eh, right? You're like feeling dragged down, you're feeling tired and you're like, why am I not getting any new gains? Well, it's not because you're maybe not training properly. It's because the fatigue is coming so high. And so that's why oftentimes before a race, we taper. Mm -hmm. And so we lower the effort level. We lower the intensity and the volume so that now what happens, it's crazy. I'm serious. It's so crazy. Now you get this new bump in fitness, right? Mm -hmm. Because your body's rested. It's fully recovered. So like like for the marathon, I remember we did, uh, I was doing this workout and it was a really tough workout I was doing every week. And I was trying to hit this certain pace at the end of my long run. And I remember two weeks before or three weeks before the race, I was like, uh, you know, trying to hit this pace and I was dying. I was like, and it was my race pace. It was my goal race pace. Right. Yeah. And I got to the end of the workout and I hit the paces and I was like, I just ran six miles at this pace at the end of my long run. How am I going to run that pace for 26 miles when I can barely run six Mm. right at the end of, at the end of an easy run. Right. Well, I was tired. My body was fatigued. The next week I did the workout again. Right. And it was a little bit more manageable. Right. I was able to do it. It still was tough, but I was able to do it because my body was a little more rested. Mm -hmm. The next week I did it one more time because I did a three week taper from a marathon and I hit all the paces. I felt much, much better and I'll kind of almost breeze through it. Right. And then on race day, I was able to hit the pace the entire way. Right. So it all came down to I got this huge bump in fitness Mm -hmm. because my body wasn't as tired. Hmm. Right. So recovery good training plans, a good race plan, all of those things, honestly, 
will make the difference between like someone who goes out and does an OCR race and, you know, is competitive and, you know, they're always out there and whatever, or the person that's always podium or the person that's winning on a regular basis. Wow. Right. So I think that's really the only thing that you probably, you have the athleticism, right? You have definitely have the ability. I think you just got to put together some good plans and yeah. start working toward them and then learning how to race. Mm-hmm. And that's going to change, I think, everything for you. Yeah. No, it's totally, totally a new discipline that I've been been working towards recently. And I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Like, I'm still doing all the ninja stuff. Still got a bunch of ninja competitions coming up. Yeah. But it's like, in the meantime, or I guess simultaneously, I'm just having fun running. Yeah. Because also I'm getting older. Yeah. And running helps. Dude, I promise you, it's going to make you a better ninja too. Oh, it has. It will. I feel great gains. Yeah. So, um, like kind of switching, it's almost like cross training to an extent too, right? Okay. But that aerobic capacity, if you keep building that, it's you'll be surprised at how much more endurance you're going to have mm. doing even the short ninja courses, mm-hmm. right? Um, especially learning to warm up, uh, you know, really well. I mean, you, you warm up really well. So, um, but... I, it can change everything for you. I feel like, yeah. I uh, hate to cut you guys off, but James, you're on a time limit. Time I am. crunch. I am. You, uh, Did the buzzer just go off. Yeah, the buzzer just went off. <laughs> your Oscar performance. Your speech is over. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to thank the academy. Yeah. Sorry, guys, we had to cut this episode short. James yeah, has to go. So much quality content. That was a lot of quality content. Yeah. If you want good. him back, you already know. Comment, like, <laughs> subscribe. Uh, actually, we have a shout out before we go. Give it to us. All right, shout out of the week. I just lost you. <laughs> I just had it. You just had it. You had one, one job, Rocky. Just one job. I did. Okay. I mean, he is running cameras. And <laughs> you have five jobs. He's given yeah. in the color what's commentary. What's one more? <laughs> so, me, Spangler. She titled this amazing. Gave us five stars. Thank you, oh, me, Spangler. I listen to it while I'm at work, and it keeps me entertained and thinking the whole time. I'm glad to have you thinking. Nice. It's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. You're welcome. It's a good review right there, yeah, man. It was a great review. Yeah. It was good. I think uh, they'd learn a lot from this podcast, this yeah. episode. If you want to see James, shout out to our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash kind of nice show, right? Yeah. yeah. slash kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> Go to our YouTube. Check us out. Our, our, uh, I mean, sorry, Instagram. Instagram is kind of Kids nice going to get mad at me. I'm butchering this all oh, up. Good. Kids not here. <laughs> shout out to you, kid. We want you back. We need you, man. <laughs> or Grants. Or, oh, Grants yeah, Grants. Either like one of them. Experience, yeah. But he's good. But, uh... Thank you, James, for coming out. No, man, it's my pleasure. I had fun. It was good. It was fun. Dropping a lot of gems, though. If you, yeah, dude, wisdom. Yeah, if you're yeah. listening, if you want to do OCR, that was a good podcast. I learned a lot. If you want yeah. to do it the right way. Dude, there's a lot of OCR people out there that, like, I'm like, man, you could be so good if you just knew what you were doing. Oh, where can wow. they catch you at? They do want to know what they're doing. Uh, yeah, so we have a podcast, Running With James. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel, Running With James, and you can also check us out on Instagram at Running with James. Oh, it's crazy. Surprise me. I wasn't ready for that one. I was like, oh, is this going to be a different one? Yeah, sprinting with James? <laughs> right. Cool. I, well. Well, sweet guys. Thank you very much. This has been episode 51 of the Kind of Nice Podcast. We'll see you next time. Peace. I'm kind of nice with the gear. Yeah. Shout out my area. Cold. I'm feeling nice with the drill. And I'm about to bury the flow. I'm about to